Hi all, and welcome to the first UMC podcast. I'm Nikki. And I'm Wayne. We're here to talk to you and with you about spirituality and faith, church and community. Every other week we are going to be here answering questions, sharing interviews, and just having fun. We're located in Auburn, Indiana, but we have no clue where each and every listener may be joining from. So no matter who you are or where you are, you're welcome here, and we hope you're ready to learn and grow with us. We are so glad you're here. All right, everyone. So we're here with your favorite segment that we don't know what to call it. (laughs) The quick Q&A updates slash whatever. So today we're going to talk about interesting things that have happened to us in the past couple weeks. So Wayne, what has been happening in your life? Well, um, I might have mentioned this before. I can't remember, but we are foster parents and we, we have one foster child that's been with us now for almost three months. And just recently in the past few weeks, we added another to the mix. So, um, it's just something that I think God has really kind of laid on our hearts and opened a door and, um, has been a real blessing. Certainly there's challenges as any parent knows, but it's just been great to be able to provide safety and love for kids that need it. And there is just such a huge need in our state and our mm-hmm. country. Um, so just to be able to be a part of that is really cool. And honestly, you know, if we ever get enough space, we would even probably probably take on on more because it's just, it's an amazing, amazing thing to do. So, yeah. Well, and it's, it's crazy because, um, your first kiddo that you got, like that was all a whirlwind mm-hmm. and it was like right before Christmas is when, yep. <laughs> when they came and it's like, they've always been a part of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's been really cool for me and my family because we get to have a relationship with these kids too. And, uh, I think Aaron's found his second calling as a middle school counselor because he he fields all of the wants and the questions and the things. And he's just very it was just it was fun to see him uh, put on his like, I don't know, counselor. I don't know what to call it because I've never seen that side of him before. It was great to have backup because, yeah. man, I tell you, sometimes it is tiring having those conversations. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and it's, it's interesting, too, because, like, the difference between a nearly three-year-old and the teenager is, like, you know, they really do kind of do the same thing to you, <laughs> but they're a little bit more verbal. But, yeah, so that's, that is our whatever segment for today. So for our episode today, we are interviewing a congregant, and as we kind of told you in our preview last time, um, we're interviewing Mary Eister, and she is involved in multiple ways in the church, one of the big ways that I appreciate is she is one of our youth leaders and has done that faithfully since even before I got here. So a little bit about Mary is uh, she grew up in Fremont and graduated from Angola. Go Hornets, it says. So that must be their, <laughs> their mascot, Hornets. That's kind of, I don't like Hornets. But my first job, <laughs> her first job was at McDonald's at the age of 14 And between the experience of watching a classmate have a grand mal seizure and finding a book about brains at work, she knew she would have a career in healthcare, And that is what she does now. Uh, She married her high school sweetheart. She attended International Business College to study medical assisting. 
And after graduating, she worked at a pediatric office in Fort Wayne before switching to a family practice office. After having her second baby, she found a job a block or so away from her home in Auburn working with Dr. Rex Ross. She became a frequent flyer of Auburn First United Methodist Church after a co-worker, Karen Syberry, invited her. Good job, Karen. (laughs) Between work and church, she enjoys being a wife and a mother. And most likely you will find her playing toys, video games, reading, or soaking in her hot tub. So now I will turn it over over to Pastor Nikki and we will do some questions so we can get to know Mary even better. Right. Well, and first off, I just have to like kudos for the McDonald's being the first job. Because I feel like people who worked at McDonald's for their first job were just a different breed. Like... At a truck stop, no less. Ooh, I, I Jordan's know. first job was McDonald's, and he loved it. Ironically, it was his <laughs> longest held job. That's what he said, yeah. And I didn't, like, hate it, but I didn't, like, it, this is going to sound like our parents it built character. <laughs> I can use that phrase. Um, but, yeah, that's just different. You're a different person after that experience. <laughs> Always came home smelling like French fries. I didn't work there long enough to be able to work on the grill. Mm-hmm. So you have to be 16 in order to work at the grill. So mm-hmm. I was the fry basket person. And a lot of times they had me at the cashier because I know sign language. And so we had a lot yeah. of deaf people that would come through um, being where we were on the toll road. So like I was utilized in that capacity a lot. Mm-hmm. The first time I ever did it, it was it was crazy. Like. Because the guy immediately starts, like, writing out his order or pointing to stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can talk to you. Mm-hmm. And it took him a minute. He, like, double looked at me and then, like, continued writing. And I'm like, no, really. Like, I this really did happen. Like, it, <laughs> the hand signs were intentional. Like, <laughs> please pay attention. Well, that's that's so cool because we had um, – uh, there was a customer – I when I first started, I worked only on the weekends because um, that's all I could do until summer. And, um, there was a couple that would come in who, um, they were deaf and the first time I didn't know what to do. And so we started making like hand signals to each other and like for diet Coke, like we made our own little Mm -hmm. language. I mean, and they, they would write it out for me sometimes if it changed, but it was just so fun. I really enjoyed, um, getting to interact with them. They were one of my regulars. Okay. So I get the fun part. We uh, are going to ask you our strangely warm seat questions because we're good Methodists. So we're hearkening back to uh, JW, John Wesley. And so just answer these with like the first, your first gut reaction. So the first question is, what brings you joy? Oh, well, McDonald's, but <laughs> not really. <laughs> food. food. Food brings me joy. That is a perfect answer. <laughs> what is your favorite holiday? Uh, uh, Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. Also a good one. And you guys always like have really cool costumes. We do. We go all out. We like to do the whole face makeup and I don't know. I always have a backstory for whatever our costumes are. Like there's a story I've made up, you know, there's history and like, there's a reason why we dress up the way we do. Like, Mm -hmm. um, and it's usually like some kind of supernatural thing like mm-hmm. werewolf vampire something along that thing that arc like, yeah mm-hmm. so fun well and that's why you're an excellent um dm for dungeons and dragons which mm-hmm. anyone didn't know we well we all play that in different ways and i like we have a, a church group that does and we attempt to stay on task and on target but there's like 
a million of us in that group. So it's just more giggling than actual dungeons and dragoning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number three, what is the phone app you use the most? Oh, easy Facebook. What superpower would you want to have? I know the first thing that comes to my mind is like heat vision, which is weird because I have never, ever wanted heat vision. So I don't know why that came to my mind. Well, you're being honest. So but what would you do with that? I, exactly. I don't know. I would, <laughs> other than like. Be like glass blowing, Right? Oh, glass uh, You mean like. Like burn. Burning things. Yeah. Well, that would be kind of cool. Like really helpful in camping situations. Mm-hmm. That's exactly where my mind was going. I just hadn't caught up, caught up with it. it. I knew it was. Okay, last one, and I love the phrasing of this. If you didn't do what you do, what would you do? Be a trophy wife. You already are a trophy <laughs> wife. Um, well, it's our joke, because I tell, like, whenever we fill out applications, I always list Cody as my trophy husband. <laughs> because he doesn't, he doesn't have, like, a regular nine-to-five job, and that's always been, like, the easiest for us, because we have small children, mm-hmm. and... Um, fortunately we've been able to make it work with just one income and he like helps his dad out and stuff. So it's not like he, it's just not traditional work. Right. Mm-hmm. He, he's got a 24 yeah. seven job. He does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always list him as my trophy husband. That's so awesome. to me, you know, a trophy husband is or a wife or spouse or whatever. Mm-hmm. You just get to like be at home and pursue those other dreams, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. cause he has the freedom to do a lot of exploration yeah mm-hmm. yeah which cool. currently is his bike taxi fully expect a ride cody when you listen to this <laughs> does it have a name we haven't figured that out yet um it'll come in time yeah i kind of <laughs> like the brown horse mm. which is another like inside joke um between cody and i but the girls don't like it at all because they don't get it <laughs> i can't imagine susan having an opinion about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, she can have her own name for it because mm-hmm. she probably will anyway so that's true tell us just a little bit more about how you came to faith or what your faith journey has looked like up to this point so i grew up in youth group right so like <laughs> i never attended a sunday service until i was like 16 i think um But I grew up in all, like, every youth group that I could go to. I was in church, like, three nights a week, Mm -hmm. um, starting from, like, seven. Um, But the interesting is, like, my parents weren't really religious. They didn't, like, discourage me. But, Mm -hmm. like, if I wanted to pursue this, if it meant enough to me, I would find out how to get there kind Mm -hmm. of thing. So most of the time I walked to the churches. Now, mind you, like... This is a pretty, like, hefty walk. They weren't around where I lived. Like, it was mm. several miles away, but I was willing to do that because, like, it was that important to me to have that connection and to have that growth and to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, like, my first Sunday service I went to, the guy actually, it was, uh, I was 16, and I remember, like, I had decided I was done with, like, formal religion. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, all of your questions, like, uh, I, they have a name for it, like the type of person he like could speak in tongues or whatever, not, not tongues, but like prophecy something. Oh yeah. It was like a spiritual gifts thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and he was like, and everything that I had been wondering up until my point and like all of the arguments that I had had with God, he like told me 
the first time I met this guy and I was like really overwhelmed and I was like if God is that determined to be in my life like I guess I should just stick around and figure <laughs> out like <laughs> fine you win like I, I can't back out now like <laughs> sick this guy after me again <laughs> yeah like and it was crazy and then um I I went there for a while uh and then I just moved around and kind of church hopped um I never really felt comfortable in any one church like I mm-hmm. I don't know um, until I started coming here. And this is the one church that I actually felt like spoke into what I needed. Mm-hmm. So I do love how you, you phrase it as like you're a frequent flyer of yeah. <laughs> first UMC. <laughs> I thought that was the best. Um, this is kind of tagging along with that. What are ways that you connect with God, like spiritual practices or things you've had? And how's that changed over over the years? So I know as a kid, like I definitely was very studious as a kid. Like I could recite everything, um, everything that they had us learn. Like we had these books that we went through and I knew it like cover to cover. Like that was my jam. Mm-hmm. Um, but it got to the point where I knew a lot, but I didn't feel anything. Like I had all of this knowledge, mm-hmm. but no experience. And so it just kind of became almost... I don't want to say meaningless, but it, it just wasn't fruitful for me anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I really enjoy singing, although I'm not nearly as gifted as Wayne is. Um, but that's truly like where I connect the most mm-hmm. is just, you know, being in the car where I'm going mm-hmm. and just screaming at the top of my lungs, like whatever's playing <laughs> at the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Are there um, like certain authors and musicians that have really spoken to you? Matthew West. Matthew West. Mm-hmm. Yep. Matthew yeah. West is wonderful. Once I read about him, like, I, I don't know. I almost, I didn't realize that like he has this place in the woods that he will read fan letters and like write into their experiences that get sent to him. And that just blew my mind. That is really good. I didn't know that either. Yeah. That's really cool. And then like the story, um, motions, he, he wrote that because he had vocal surgery mm-hmm. and that, that was a, like a huge thing that happened in his life. And just how he writes his music is just, I don't know. I don't think he could ever write a bad song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like Matthew West. He just really gets into, I mean, a lot of his songs are, are, are stories that people have shared with him that like inspire it. And mm-hmm. yeah, he just is really involved with with people's lives and yeah. yeah what a beautiful way to share a story too it is yeah that's really really cool cool so you mentioned and well we mentioned in the bio that you started coming here because karen invited you um so why is it that you kept coming back <laughs> so so initially um what really set the bar for me is my first service I came to, there was a children's moment. And I didn't realize how important that was to me in a church until it happened. Like, I didn't even know that that was a thing. Like, I mostly went to Catholic church because mm-hmm. Cody's family is, a, they're very Catholic. So that's mm-hmm. where I was for a while. Um, but yeah, the children's moment, like, really sealed the deal for me because I was like, I want to go somewhere where it's recognized that it's not just the adults. like. There are children that come here like this place is for more than just one set of people or one demographic. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then Sarah Miller was the youth pastor at the time. And like, I remember sitting there and like, I went to the meet the staff thing shortly after we started coming Mm -hmm. and just like 
her describing herself and all the degrees and everything and all this knowledge that she had, I was like, yeah, this is, this is where my kids are going to grow up. And, you know, she's going to be right there with me going through all this crazy stuff that my kids are going to do. And, <laughs> and Nikki's laughing because, you know, Sarah's not here anymore. Um, but that just speaks into like my transition, even within my time here, because um, I've obviously accepted that Sarah will not be here in the capacity I thought she would be. Um, but I can still grow here with my family and my family can still learn. Mm -hmm. And those connections, they change, but they're not gone forever. Yeah. Yeah. And I do, I have to say one of the things I like when I first started going to, um, Methodist church was, it was the children's moment too, because again, Mm -hmm. even just coming from like, uh, you know, non-denominational or, you know, evangelical, church that's not a thing that happens so that mm-hmm. did happen i was like this is so cool yeah. like kids are just brought into the moment and recognized and made part of of the service um so i definitely resonate with that but now now you're a youth leader so you get to be the person using all of your skills and knowledge and gifts to help kids through their crazy moments so it's just i mean doesn't matter how old or young you are, there's just a whole lot that you got to get through. Um, I remember also, like, my best friend um, in our home church, she would do the children's sermons sometimes. Like, we would rotate there, and I never could do it. I was so terrified. But I always loved that it happened. And um, my mentor pastor, Steve, he would always come down when the children was over and high five all the kids as they went to their children's church because they would stay for the first part of the service mm-hmm. and then go to their their own rooms and stuff. Um, but I loved that nobody ever complained about the noise. Like, cause there was always some kind of rumble going on in my home church. And, um, even in the early service, the traditional service. And then later we added a contemporary, like there was always something making noise and it, it was fine. I never heard that like, shh, like children are supposed to be seen and not heard kind of thing. And then when I started serving other churches, like I experienced that for the first time, I'm like, what, what do you mean? kids not gonna be quiet like I don't even want to be quiet sometimes (laughs) but and also I I wonder too it's probably more like a Methodist church thing like we're pretty quiet on the whole at least like the white Methodist church um so but anyway yeah I like like when the kids get to be the kids and they have their moment um I did appreciate I'm going off on a tangent but the children's sermon this last Sunday um and Mary's oldest just put the sunglasses right on it was the best. I just loved it so much. <laughs> and immediately my youngest like hands me her fruit snacks because uh, Wayne said to give them away or to share your gifts. Um, so she gave them to me and I was like, no, I don't count. Like, <laughs> like you have to find someone else. And I'm like someone that you haven't talked to before. Like you need to go make a new friend. <laughs> and so she's like running around the church and I don't know what she's doing, but then she decides to give her fruit snacks to Lindsay, but she's like my shy child. So instead of like, meeting Lindsay, she just like nonchalantly throws her the fruit snacks and like runs. <laughs> 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 it's a big step. She's still sharing. That's yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And she, you know, someone she doesn't normally talk to because like they know the Collins and you know mm-hmm. we make our rounds, you know, so well and I just I love too, I think um one of the first things I noticed during the children's sermons here at this church is the kids get comfy. Um, again, your oldest, 
what I forget what Sunday it was, but before all this pandemic stuff happened, but like she just like came up and like slid on her belly <laughs> and like lay on the stage during the children's sermon. And like, she, I, that just makes me really happy and warms my heart because a sanctuary is a place where you should feel at home. Mm-hmm. So, um, cause really, are we all not children? Right. I mean, we definitely are. I don't want us to lose all of that ever. Like that child's always there. So. Besides children's sermons, what do you love about this church? <laughs> I, know. I, I hate to sound cliche, but it's it's the people and the connections. And more and more, I understand, like, this church isn't a building. Like, it is a building, but, you know, we've had all of that stripped away where the only thing we had access to was the pastors and the music director and like all of those head people like that's all we've had access to and and it's not the same like Mm -hmm. not that I don't love everything you guys have done and not that it hasn't (laughs) been wonderful but the first Sunday back just Mm -hmm. looking back and I turned and like in my heart I was like you know I knew that everyone would be afraid and that it would just be you know a handful of people but I turned and I looked behind me and it was full. Like mm-hmm. we had a full sanctuary and the difference is astounding. Mm-hmm. Being able to share space, even right. though we have to wear the mask and even though the world looks different, mm-hmm. it's a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And, and we felt the same way. I mean, it, it was, it's just weird. It was like doing ministry in a bubble and you're just always kind of guessing like, how are people, is this the right thing to do? And then recording worship to an empty sanctuary. Like, I mean, Tim made a joke about it on Sunday. You know, if we yell cut <laughs> because we're not used to you being here, but seriously, it's like, I kind of forgot what I was supposed to be doing because I was just looking at you guys. And I like, I know like our sanctuary was full. We still had to do like half capacity and stuff, but, um, yeah, it was just incredible. And, and even like usually our, our first service is the more full one than and the later one at 11, not quite as much. But even that one yeah, had some yeah, record good, numbers. Yeah, pretty good turnout. And so. there's just so many, there's just, there's just an energy when people mm-hmm. are all together that, yeah, yeah, so different. And so nice to have again. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, we're, we're made for this and we've all had to adjust and be flexible and, um, and it's, it's been necessary, but it's been hard. And, um, I think the second time around, like the second wave of really, when it really got bad and we, we stopped in person services again, it was way harder. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So anyway, not to linger there, but yes, that is not cliche The people. I mean, that is what the body is. So. How has, or how would you say anyways, being a person of faith, how has that changed you and your life? I, I don't get to give up, Mm -hmm. right? Like I can't just decide one day that I'm not going to do it. And I'm always aware of the needs around me more so than I feel like I would be if I wasn't a person of faith. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, like I can't just, I can't just stop. Like I can't ever turn that compassion off. Um, and I think really that is what influences me the most with my my faith and my journey is just that, like, I have a drive to serve mm-hmm. that I wouldn't have otherwise. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, right? It's <laughs> a beautiful answer. It is. It really is. Um, and how, I guess this is kind of like piggybacking off, but how has being a part of this church changed your life? Have you noticed a difference um, since being here? 
um, yeah. versus otherwise. Yeah, like I like I had mentioned earlier, like this is the first church that I felt like really speaks to me. And the like the beautifully heartbreaking thing about Methodism is that your the voices are always mm-hmm. changing because yeah. um, you know the pastors get assigned whatever. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, it's great. You know, we get to meet all these new voices and you hear all these new experiences. And, you, and I never feel like we hit a stalemate where I'm hearing the same thing over and over and over again, even mm-hmm. though they're speaking the same things. Everyone says it in their voice, in their experience, their understanding, their filter, which is beautiful. It's hard to say goodbye, but I just love being able to extend those relationships in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, it changed my life because I get to to do that. Like, that's how I learn best is by putting myself in other people's shoes. Like, I think that's why I really like reading and doing D&D mm-hmm. and creating all these stories in my head. Cause that's how I learn best is like through the experiences of others. Um, and yeah, at this church, I get to experience, have that a lot mm-hmm. and in multiple different facets. Yeah. And, you know, my family also feel like this is their home. I mean, my kids, run around like crazy and they know like this is their place like mm-hmm. um this sunday was our first sunday back to in person and uh, mary's oldest was an acolyte for us and we're like trying to remember what we're supposed to do <laughs> like what the emotions are to get into service and stuff and we're, so we're going over that and at the same time we're having a discussion about rick warden books and it's like i just i love that because it's it's um you know i've only been here it'll be two years this july but it feels like because of how homey everyone else is, like it's very easy for even um, a new person, a new pastor, whatever, to feel at home mm-hmm. and connect with people, which is, is not true of everywhere. So that's really special. I also love, actually, you pointed out a really positive way of looking at the itinerant process oh, of the pastors. Word. Yeah, moving around. <laughs> Because normally I'm like, I just want the pastors to stay longer. But to your point, I mean, I think that is a a good way of like looking at the positive that it brings. Because again, it is fresh and you do get these new experiences and these new insights and and things that each person brings. So um, I I appreciate you saying that because I hadn't actually really thought of that in, in that way. So. Yeah, I try to remember the the positive things when I'm like, I don't want to do this. But, I mean, there's pros and cons to all of it. Mm-hmm. But um, the pros outweigh the cons most of the days. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you love most about God in your face? There's just so much. Like, between the mystery of faith. I can like hear the Catholic mystery. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) you know, between the mystery of the faith, um, God never giving up on you, God's never ending love, um, all of it. Like there really isn't one specific part that stands out to me as my favorite um, because the whole experience of it is wonderful. And then, you know, the more I learn and grow, the more I... I realize God acts in people's lives, even when they're not aware God is doing that, mm-hmm. which is, you know, so I, I guess that would, that would probably be, I don't know. I don't know. That's a hard question. There's just so much good in, in having that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I grew up, a lot of my friends, like 
aren't, they don't have a faith life at all. Like they don't believe. Um, and I've still be, been able to maintain those friendships. Um, and they respect like, you know, when I have a crisis, I turn to God. When they have a crisis, they usually come to me. Um, <laughs> which, you know, I have that power or not, not power, but that, that like, connection. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's just really neat because I can see how, I can see his influence, whether or not they accept it as that or not, you know, Mm -hmm. um, not to say that like I force God on everybody, but because I'm a person of faith, I can see how he works in others' lives kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, and you're, you know, you don't share your faith in a, in your face kind of way. Like it's just, it's just a part of who you are. And I think there's a really really big difference between folks like that. Cause like, I, I also have a lot of friends who either don't have faith or they're agnostic. They're not sure. Um, they have different faiths and it's okay. Um, because our mutual love for each other and, and even like, uh, you know, um, we talked about this on, in our last podcast, you know, like even when you're Christian, you disagree, like there's still so much more we have in common than we don't. And so being like, believing in that unconditional love of God, you're able to love others really well. And it's a different way than, um, than other people can love them. So that's, I mean, that's, and I I think that's what, if I had to answer this question too, that's what I would say. Like, that's what I love the most about God is, um, like you said, we don't get to give up, but even when I don't believe it, it's still like, well, there's something bigger than me. Mm -hmm. So I cannot believe for a second and it's okay. And it is neat seeing God move in people's lives, even if they don't acknowledge or recognize God. Like you said, it's just one of those things that I always like saying, and I start a lot of my prayers, God of all people, because it doesn't matter, you know, what a person necessarily believes, but God is for all people and God does move in in everyone's lives. And even if we don't always see it ourselves, Mm -hmm. um, so that's a neat thing. Yeah. And we can be taught so much by just looking at other people and seeing how they live and how they love. And like, it's not, it's not just like the Christians who have a walk down on, <laughs> on God working through us or with us at all. So God of all people, he, God works through all people and we can, um, if we can keep our eyes open to that, learn a lot and, and grow a lot along the way. Yeah. Um, not to be Debbie Downer. So what, what has been the hardest part of this pandemic time this last year for you? Okay, so I'm a healthcare worker and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't say that to like, um, but for a while, like it was kind of scary, yeah. but I'm not on the front lines at all. Like I, I work in a doctor's office. And so like my risk was very minimal. Um, but just like having to answer questions to something that I didn't know. And like all of the, mm-hmm. like, you must mm-hmm. learn this now kind of scenario because people would look to their, their office for answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, you know, and then I wasn't out of work for very long. And so that was really good. But like, other than not being able to come to church, my life didn't change all that much. Mm-hmm. And so I just had to like wrestle with the fact that like, I don't know, like, I still don't know how I feel about that. Like my life is primarily my church and like, that's a good thing for me, I think. But then it's like, when I didn't get to meet with you guys, it was like, mm-hmm. well, what do we do? <laughs> yeah. That was, that was like everything. Mm-hmm. So that was the hardest part. Just not being able 
to to be like and I don't even want to do anything like I just just want to be here like mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's fine we don't have, we don't have, we just need to just just be you know mm-hmm. don't need an agenda just... right like... <laughs> can we just sit and yeah. look at each other yeah well and um you know it's thank you for bringing that up because I can't imagine um what it would have been like to even if you weren't on the front front lines whatever you still work you work in the healthcare field and needing to have answers when they're changing like every day, especially those early months. And we're like, we just weren't sure. And everybody was kind of um, speculating, reacting in different ways. And, you know, on the church side of that, we're like, okay, so what is the best thing to do? Like not just for ourselves, but for our people. Um, Cause every, you know, we would make a decision, but then another church would do something else. We're like, okay, well, who's right. Yeah. Like the not knowing was excruciating. And then, um, yeah, I think in, in some ways we all got a different picture of our lives because like, okay, well, my day to day didn't change too much either because I could still come to the office. It was like a ghost town around here. It's like, okay, what, what, what am I doing? Like constantly trying to find ways of like doing ministry to keep people connected, but at the same time, knowing full well that it's just not the same, no matter how hard you try. And uh-huh. yeah, it's just, it's, it's a lot. And it's, it's hard. I mean, especially in American culture, like Western civilization, whatever, like the whole, there is so much emphasis put on doing, doing, doing. Mm-hmm. And even in the church, we say like, remember to be, and you know, sit in and meditate with God for hours. I do that for like 10 minutes a day if I'm lucky. Um, but it's that balance between doing and being. Um, and not everyone gets that choice. There were so many people that didn't get the choice. I had to keep going um, through all this scary stuff. So the hardest part of all this for your faith is just like not having that connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it had it looks so much different. So since obviously you have a passion for this church, what would you say are your dreams for this church in the next year and beyond? What would you like to see, see us do and be? So listen, I've had a dream like a little bud mm-hmm. for a while. And it happened the first time I went on a mission trip. So I go on this mission trip and I have this wonderful experience. My kids had to stay with grandma and grandpa. I had this like heart wrenching thing. Like, oh, how can I abandon my kids? Is this okay? Oh my God. Like it was all the fields, everything. It was a hot mess, but it turned out to be like one of the best things I ever did. I got to go to Guatemala and stay at like a resorty hotel. So like, I oh mean, yeah, because it was under construction, right? So you guys had to stay. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah they like right. overbooked themselves. That's and, right. <laughs> like, so it, like it was, you know, it was amazing. Like, at one point we're like traveling on a boat, and I'm looking at these mountains, and mountains are like my favorite thing to look at. Like mountains and water, like those are just beautiful. But I'm on this boat, and I'm like looking, and I'm like, wow, and I just. And I have this realization where I'm like, this is what it looks like to just shut up and say yes, like mm-hmm. not to fight, but like, I just, okay, God, yes, God. And here I am across the world, first time on a plane, on a boat, looking at like the most beautiful thing and my husband's beside me and like all these people from church. And it's like, wow, like this is what it is. Um, so then I get back. And Susan asked me when she gets to go and my heart just breaks because she doesn't get to go until she's in middle school. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, you don't. <laughs> Not for a while. And so like every every year we ramp up and we get ready for the mission trip. There's always that point where like, I have to tell her she doesn't get to come with me, you know? And so she gets to hear about all this wonderful things that I'm doing for God and mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. But then I get to tell her she's not invited. Mm-hmm. And then, and then in her little mind that like, okay, I'm not going to be good for God until I'm a middle schooler. Yeah. Right. Because that's yeah. essentially the message I've just told her. And so what I would love to see and what I try and do is make every everyone matter everyone is good for god no matter how old like the teeniest tiniest little infant can take their cute little foot and put it on like a card and we can mm-hmm. give it to like all the expecting people in the church or whatever and yeah. then bonus like if they sign the name of whose baby foot that is they have someone they can talk to right like yeah. that's also someone who shares that experience right um anyway so that's just something that i've been thinking about just how to really incorporate like families in the church and how to mm-hmm. to make a point of saying like yeah maybe these elementary school kids probably can't go to other states or whatever but they can still do ministry they can still do great big things for god mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that's that's such a great insight and such a great point and, and you've you've had children's sermons along those lines before yep. and then it's like okay so where does that how do we keep expanding that out to real tangible things. Yeah, that's an awesome dream. Thank you. What message do you think God wants every person to know? If I had to say something, it would be that you are a child of God. Like, mm-hmm. and that you are loved and you are valued just as you are, no matter what you're doing, what mess you think you're in. Like you still have value no matter, no matter what, like just your existence mm-hmm. has value. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you look like. Nothing. Your existence is pleasing and wonderful. Hmm. Amen. I love your phrasing, pleasing and wonderful. It just... We told Bob the same thing. Okay, yep. you can have there's, a job now. There's yep. a sermon. <laughs> yep, there it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> we can Not just get trying, up and yeah. preach that every Sunday until we all believe it. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. I'm not trying to be cheesy, everyone, but really, like, um, we just want you to know that <laughs> you're loved just because you are. I remember uh, my theology prof in seminary. Um, I forget how he started, but it was saying, like, you know, we want to debate all these like fancy theological things and talk about is there heaven and hell. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, here's the scariest thing, like truly terrifying. If you really think about all the ramifications, there is no one that God doesn't love. And what does that mean? What does that unconditional love mean? It's like, oh, <laughs> like and I, I can. I, I was, we had kind of a uh, stadium sounds really fancy. It was just like kind of like the tiered seating. Yeah. And I was kind of sitting up high so I could look around and see all my classmates. And like, you could watch it sort of wash over those of us who are awake and paying attention <laughs> because it was an early, it was an eight thirty theology class, wow. but um, it's like, yeah, they're like, whatever sense you want to take scary. Like that is the scariest thing. Like mm-hmm. you are loved. Um, and if you haven't lived that experience, like if um, you know, we don't all have the same, relationships with our parents or our families or, or anything like that. And so some of us don't know what that love looks like from a very basic, um, early time in our lives, but 
it's true even when you don't or can't believe it. We want, we think there are incredible people in this community and this church, and um, we might look at each other and think, oh, you know, I, I know that story, but we don't until we share it. So thank you for answering our silly questions and our serious questions and our all the in-between questions. And, and yeah, so we're just excited to see um, how this helps um, our church grow to know each other as well as whoever is on the other end, because um, we all have stories to share and we encourage you to share them with each other. So um, that is all for the three of us together. And Mary, thank you. And then we'll let you go home to your rambunctious household. All right, everyone. Nikki has decided to take a vow of silence for the remainder because uh, she feels like she has just failed us in this podcast. But I disagree. <laughs> so our next episode is actually going to be a, a Nikki and Wayne chat. So Nikki will have to break her vow uh, for us <laughs> to do that, actually. But um, we look forward to that. I'm not sure what we're going to chat about yet, but we will figure that out. It's going to be awesome. So you definitely want to tune in. And in the meantime, if you want to submit a question, you can find uh, the form on our website under the resources tab. And if you just want to write in or have something you want to share, you can always reach out to us through our email um, podcast at auburnumc.church. Thanks so much for joining us today and make sure that you tune in for our next episode. You can find our podcast on Spotify, on iTunes, wherever you usually listen to your podcasts. If you can't find us, let us know. We would love to connect with you and know that you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at First UMC Auburn. We also have a Facebook community that you can join called First UMC Online Community. And there you can connect with the church by participating in chats and discussion posts. You can share your prayers, thoughts, photos of your life, celebrations. Uh, We just want to get to know more about you. And uh, the purpose of this group is to grow in relationship with others, both online and then also with God. Um, Another great resource uh, for you is our website, auburnumc.church, where you can find more info on the ministries of our church, upcoming events, and lots of other fun things. Take care of yourselves, everyone, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.